Welcome back to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at Hallmark films through the eyes of a cynical cinephile. And a hopeless romantic. My name is Hamilton. And I'm Stephanie. And tonight we're going to be looking at the Hallmark film Advice to Love By, which is the final film of the Hallmark Fall Film Harvest Festival. Yes, the the Hallmark Fall Film Festival. It's a big that, deal. It's a big where, deal. you know, it's just a movie that plays in the fall. Yes, appar um, apparently that's what Hallmark is doing, is they're just playing movies in the fall, which has which have nothing to do with fall or harvest or anything. Absolutely nothing uh, to do with any of that, much like this movie, the, the final fall film, once again, we had no fall. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I just I just feel like they're not even trying to hide the fact that these should not have come out in fall. They're just they're just tossing them in and just just letting it go. Um, I'm not sure if maybe the the COVID pandemic has anything to do with this. I'm, I'm hoping it does because it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. This this movie felt to me like it it should have come out in like Valentine's Day, that kind of area. Spring. Spring. Spring, spring fling. They, they had some light light jackets maybe um, in a few scenes, but overall it, it's, it's unusual because we've had, I think, two films so far that have been very heavy on fall and the rest have not been. Yeah, uh, but you know, that's that's not why we're here, just to talk about the, the fall elements. I, I the am. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm here. I love the fall. And to see this disrespected as such is going to upset me. Uh, but we are here to let you know what we thought of the movie. So I'm going to kick it over to you, Hamilton. Ooh. You get first... Dibs? First dibs, yeah. <laughs> to let us know, after watching Advice mm. to Love By, yep. would you want to watch this movie again? Mm -hmm. Would you maybe want to have it on in the background while you're distracted by, you know, your action figures mm -hmm. or yep. paint, I do, paints? I, I do have action figures and paints. Uh, uh, I get or, distracted by them often. Or would you never want to watch this movie again? Um, I, I think for me, this was just kind of an okay, an okay one. And we'll get into the reason why I, I think that. So I, I would probably have it on the background. There's a few kind of cute scenes. And I, I'm a big, big fan of, of the lead, uh, of the male lead. Um, so I would probably have it on the background. I, I didn't hate it. It was just, you know, it was okay for me. I would actually totally agree with that as well. Wow. I kept thinking, this is a this is a background movie for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was It was cute. But there was nothing like special about it. There was nothing that stuck out about it. It just kind of seemed like a run-of-the-mill Hallmark movie. And, you know, it was just, yeah, it was, it was okay. Yeah. You know, and, and it almost seems like, you know, when we're saying it's okay, it's like this big dramatic thing. I, I, don't, I don't mean to, it to come off like that. There are some things that are, that are positive about this movie. Yeah, it was good. It was it was really cute, and I agree. I really liked the leads and thought they had wonderful chemistry. And I think maybe the script was just a tad, it was just a little basic for me. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned the two leads. Let's go ahead and talk about our two leads. Yes. Uh, we have Brooks Darnell, who plays Nathan, mm -hmm. and we both really, really 
enjoy him. I mean, he's awesome. I, I loved him last year. He like he he was one of my my favorite male leads last year. So I was I was really hyped for this film. Yeah, he and it's unfortunate because he was in Winter Getaway, which we didn't love that movie either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we love him in the movie. So this uh, pairing I thought was fantastic. He is with Aaron Westbrook, uh, who plays Kendall, and she is a newcomer to Hallmark. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was, I thought she was wonderful. I thought she was very cute and charming. And I really liked their interactions together. I thought they, um, I thought they had excellent chemistry. For me, so yes and no. I, I feel like there are scenes where they, I thought they really connected and they, they had some, some nice chemistry. Um, I had, I had a really hard time liking Kendall as, as a character. I just, I couldn't. I couldn't feel for her at all. I, I don't know. I just, I wasn't connecting with her. Did you, what, did that happen for you at all or? I don't necessarily have to connect with a character to like them because no, I did not relate to her at all because mm. she is, she's an author that, you know, specifies on writing about love, but more so the science of it. She has this like science theory. She basically, you know, takes all the magic out of it, which I don't personally feel that way about love. Right. So so no, I could not relate with her in that instance at all. But I bought her character and I liked, and like I said, I liked her interactions with Nathan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't necessarily have to feel like I relate to a character to fully like appreciate them. Well, I think we got a little carried away with the main characters. Uh, I started going into some of the plot, mm-hmm. but let's backtrack just a second and just give a quick plot summary. Yeah, we can't do this without a plot summary. The, I know. the people want to hear it. The people need to hear it. Uh, and I've got it for you. So. Let's just hear it. Kindle is an author of romance self-help books with an emphasis on the science behind dating. Nathan is a journalist who ghostwrites as a love guru. When their worlds collide, they find a chemistry and balance in each other that they haven't found before and learn to look at love in a whole new way. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Why didn't, <laughs> why didn't I like this movie? I mean, oh man, like that, that's a good plot summary. Let's, uh, let's get into some of the things that we did enjoy about the movie, uh, like the meat cute Mm, yeah, it was it was it was cute. Yeah, I I really thought this was a cute meet cute. You know, they're at the book signing, and mm-hmm. he's asking her about personal experiences, and yeah, from the from the get go, I just thought their rapport was very effortless. Like I just I liked every time they were having conversation. I just really I personally felt that their chemistry was just excellent. Like from the beginning, you could tell that there was some some sort of spark there. I, I mean, yes, I I did like that with this movie, there was interest right away. I, I'm very appreciative of that because lately we've been getting films where they don't really address that. There's there's kind of some chemistry, um, but you can tell right away they, they were dating. You know, I like I like these ones where they're dating right away and we get to follow that sort of, you know, that sort of journey with them. So I, I did enjoy that. The chemistry was kind of on and off for me. There were scenes like the meet cute where I felt the chemistry was good and then other ones where it just, I didn't feel that spark. I mean, there was one where they were, you know, climbing some rope ladders and, you know, up in the trees and stuff. And it, it just felt a little forced to me. The judo scene, and speaking of which, this movie, I felt like they were trying to break a record on the most like obscure dating things they could possibly do. 
like they're throwing darts at a, at a at a board to just figure out where can we take these characters that's just kind of kind of wild for a date. Yeah, I felt like you know this movie was supposedly took place in Seattle, and I just felt like wow, Seattle seems like this like wonderland of unique and strange <laughs> like to dos, you know, with like this drop in judo class or whatever that climbing rope to you climb a rope to sit on a piece of wood. Like I wasn't really sure what that activity All the was. kids love it. Kids love it. <laughs> uh, so things are happening in Seattle. That's that's my takeaway from all of those uh, activities that they were doing. But you were right that I did enjoy. And I guess that is something that we don't often see because normally they're either like bumping heads through the whole movie mm-hmm. or they're, they're working together on something. But these people, even though they were bumping heads and they were working on things, they they were dating in the process. So yeah. I guess we do have to acknowledge that that is a bit different. That isn't something that we have seen in a while. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's great to see. I, I'd love to see more of, of the dating, you know, the um, acknowledgement of we both like each other. Let's, let's see this through. Um, yeah, it's not like they're having to fight feelings or, you know, yeah. we can't, we have to, we can't acknowledge that we like each other until the end of the movie. We actually get to see the chemistry grow. Mm-hmm. Like when they go on that coffee date, their like first date, I thought that scene was adorable. Yeah, I I, I just loved the back and forth, the smiles, the looks. Like you could tell they felt a little nervous and it just, it felt very real to me. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's why, you know, I was so disappointed with like the judo scene or the the tree scene because it it's just a far cry from what we get in these other intimate moments between them. When he gets to meet her sister at the at the art opening, I love that. You know, they walk over together hand in hand. Like it, he acknowledges that it's a really big moment. Like that was a great scene. That was mm-hmm. a great scene. And then they just have almost these like I guess they were trying to be comedic in a sense. But it just, it fell flat for me. Yeah, I think some of the scenes also, which I'm going to get a little technical with you, um, is that, and maybe you can echo this for me, but I felt like some of the the editing was weird for me, that a lot of these scenes just were cut off. Like I felt like there was more to it and they would just cut them off and like go to a commercial. So the judo date and like one of the other dates, like it would just, they'd be having a good time laughing and then it was done. Like it would just like fade out to a commercial in like the middle. It felt like it was in the middle of the scene. Mm -hmm. So that, I felt like that would take me out of, of it a lot. Yeah, yeah. They, would, they would build up the momentum. And it, and it is the editing. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up um, because the editing, this is the second time we've seen editing that was a little off in this this Fall Harvest series. There's a sequence in the beginning where Kendall's, you know, giving her talk to a room of people and the cuts there were even off. Like some of the camera angles they used, it was a little jarring. It took me out. Um, so yeah, the editing was a little very abrupt. And we're going to talk about the end, obviously, but whew, the, talk about editing at the end. Though, it just it <laughs> did not did not do it for me. And and also, you know, since we're on the technical, the lighting in this film, you know, and again, I get to preview the lighting from the from the previews, and so I was a little nervous about going in, and I think those nerves were kind of those nerves were validated because the lighting was was good for that style. It's it's not my personal taste in lighting. I I I don't like this style. But they did that style well. And what I mean by that is it's, you know, very overlit. You know, when they have the characters in in the interiors, there's hardly any shadow on their face. You know, they're just kind of blasting light at them. And it just, it's not very natural to me. You know, I I like the more natural look in, in lighting. 
this felt almost like a studio set at times, and that took me out. Uh, I, I know there are people out there that do like this kind of style, but it, it didn't do it for me, and especially the night scenes. The night scenes just kind of broke my heart a little bit. Um, the night scenes, I'm not... I'm trying to to go back and think what what exactly. So when she's in her office at night, you know, writing on her ridiculously small whiteboard, there's like this blue light like filtering in through the blinds. Everything is dark but lit kind of in a weird way. It just very strange. So if you go back and look, you'll see what I'm talking about. It looks like fake night just streaming through her her window and mm. it just it it took me out. Okay. Yeah, I think I could I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I and I, I noticed some some editing, like just weird cuts. Yeah. It just felt a little odd to me. Uh, because what we learned from our Sean Seifert interview is if you're noticing the camera or editing or things like that, that's usually a bad sign. Mm -hmm. And again, we're, you know, I'm sure people are out there are like, well, you're looking for this. And it's like, we are and we aren't because when we get wrapped up in a film, I'm not thinking about the lighting. I'm not thinking about the cutting. I'm not thinking about the camera. I'm in the story. You know, I'm watching this as a viewer, just like you guys. And so, yeah, when we do notice it, that's, you know, that I think that is a problem. So even though I, I really liked the chemistry between the leads in this movie, mm -hmm. I, I had a little qualm about the, the storyline, you know, so they're both She's using, they're basically both using each other to enhance their careers. Yeah, can you explain this to me? Because I had trouble following <laughs> this and I need you to break this down for me. So she's using him, and I don't, I say using like, you know, in a light way for her book. She needs right. to, she needs to write a new book. So she's deciding, well, I will start using my own personal experiences in dating mm. to help other people and to use my own methods you know, with myself yeah. and show people this process. That sounds right. And so she starts dating Nathan and is writing about their experiences. Mm -hmm. And he, which we will have to say, so he is a reporter and he's like ghostwriting as Dr. Lovestruck is what he's called. And which sounds like the craziest like villain name. I know. <laughs> you know, like who is Dr. Lovestruck? <laughs> it does. And from the beginning, his the name is brought up. She's aware of who Dr. Lovestruck is. She's not a fan. Right. Um, because she thinks he gives this sort of like idealistic approach to love and dating, which is not what she does. You know, it's all about the data. So he is writing a story on her, even though he's writing it as himself. He's right. not writing it as Dr. Lovestruck, but she he is keeping that identity away from her. Mm -hmm. So you follow? Kind of, but I, where I get confused is I felt like halfway through the movie, it was like, okay, now I'm going to use my Dr. Lovestruck eyes on this article that I'm writing too. Because doesn't he tell his friend that like, okay, when she reads it, she's going to know I'm Dr. Lovestruck. Is that like, it was, I was confused by that. No, I think because if this article did well, then he was going to get a promotion and then he wouldn't be Dr. Okay, Lovestruck anymore. Right. He was going to have to find someone else to be Dr. Lovestruck. Uh, because he would get a promotion. Right. Okay. So my whole thing of it is like, okay, I get you're a reporter and, you know, he talks about he needs to have the anonymity. Anonymity. I can't say it now, too. Anonymity. <laughs> anonymity. 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 We got it. He needs to be anonymous for his job. Right. He Like, he's, he's basically signed an NDA, basically, about who he but is. But do we know... Because honestly, I feel like the his boss tells him like, do what you got to do. But in the beginning, his boss is like, you you can't tell anyone. Like he's literally signed on the dotted line. 
you know, you can't reveal who you are. But yes, when his boss says, hey, you know, do what you have to do, then he should have run to her right away. Yeah. So it's like, I get it at the beginning. You're yep. just starting to date her. You don't really know her. You're just doing a piece on her, but you're also dating. Right. So to me, that still seems like a conflict of interest. But anyways. Oh, it totally is. 100%. Uh, it, it was just, it just grated on me that every time, which I get it's a movie, every time he was going to tell her, he just... He would he would basically use an excuse of like something would come up and then he then the moment would pass and then he just wouldn't tell her even though he had plenty of time to tell her yeah so it was, it was super frustrating I really liked his character but then I also really didn't because <laughs> of this one aspect and it made me so mad because I it was just it was making me not like him. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's what you want for your main lead. No, and I wish we had counted how many times he tries to tell her, but then just gives up. Like so many times. There's like a bird flying overhead, and he stops telling her. Like it's just it's ridiculous. And <laughs> again, it it kind of makes you not like him because it, it's she opened up to him. I mean, that's the thing, right? That's what's so frustrating is that immediately she opens up to him, and she's like, "Hey, just so you know, since we're starting to date, I am doing a book, and you're going to be in it." And and that was a perfect opportunity for him to be like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm doing this piece on you too. But he, he doesn't do it. Well, no, he that's what prompts her to tell him because he's getting ready to tell her. So he's like in the spirit of honesty. And oh, she's yeah. like, right. oh, and I think she thinks that he's knows what she's doing or he's found out. Uh, so she's like, you. oh, okay, I will tell you. And so she that, confesses, yeah. but then he doesn't. Yeah, which is super odd. It's like, oh, hey, you said that. Let me let me tell you what I was originally going to say. And it happens so many times in this movie. And yeah, I don't know if they wanted it to be cute and funny. It was not. It was it was frustrating. As it a was viewer. not a good look, Nathan. Yeah, not a good look. <laughs> so the line continues. And there's even the scene where he almost looks like he wants to go in for a kiss. Mm -hmm. And then it and then it doesn't. But I'm like, Really, Nathan? Do you think you deserve a kiss at this point? Because you're still lying to this woman. Yeah, and that's that's what's so frustrating. Um, because you know it's going to be the big conflict of the film throughout the entire movie. Yeah, it's one of those conflicts where you know, like you know, what the conflict is going to be from the beginning, and you're just waiting for it. So it almost it almost ruins the movie for you because you're just waiting for it to happen. Yeah. And that is like one of the biggest things that I don't like is lying. So the fact that he's lying to her through this whole thing, because even at one point he's like, well, I'm not lying. I'm just omitting some details until she flat out asks him, do you know the identity of Dr. Yeah. Lovestruck? So then from that point, yes, he is just flat out lying yep. to her. Nope, he totally is. And yeah, it's, it's not fun to watch. But can we talk about this is what I struggled with. And maybe it's maybe it's like the overall plot of this movie that just kind of left me kind of unsatisfied. Or the name of the bookstore. Oh my goodness. What was the it was something like book salad? Was book that book salad? Whew. I don't want to shop anywhere called book salad. I don't know what they serve. Are they serving salads? Are they serving books? I don't know. I don't want to go in and Are find the books out. in the salads? Oh. Are the books edible? These are the Are you kinda... eating the salad on the books? Or I, I don't know, but it is an awful, terrible name. And apologies to Book Salad if you do exist. We're very sorry. <laughs> if uh, it's a real place <laughs> in Seattle, we're very sorry. Very sorry, Book Salad. This is what I struggled with. We have, you know, this this love expert here in, in Kendall who doesn't have love. And for me, if I'm, you know, 
someone struggling with love and I'm going to, you know, buy a book to help me with that, I would want to make sure that this process works for the author. And so for her to be selling these books without, you know, being attached to anyone just seems really odd to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's why she's doing this new book to show her own personal experiences. But either way, you don't know if it's going to work out. And she really doesn't. She seems like an expert in like the science of things, but not necessarily knowing that it works. Because even when she sets up those two people at the beginning, she's like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work out. But I just saw that they, you know, had some insecurities in common. So I just thought, why not? Why not go on a date? But like, she doesn't know that her processes actually work. She has no way of knowing that. I think it's just like her just putting this information out and hoping that it works out. That's awful. That's an awful (laughs) way to do things. Like to me, you know, if you're going to call this, you know, and I have my little air quotes here, if you're going to call this science, science means that there's a hypothesis, you know, there's a theory, there's testing done. You can't just call something science because it deals with the human body and just ignore all the stuff that goes along with that. So having her not test this out, having her not use this in her own life, I would not buy her book. I would not buy her book at all. I'd be like, are you, are you serious? Why would I buy this from you? Um, well, and- I wouldn't buy it just in general because I don't, I would never look at love like a science equation yeah. or, you know, the data of dating. Like that does not appeal to me. That sounds awful. At all. No. That does not sound like a good time to me. So I, I struggled with that. I struggled with that. I hear I hear the struggle. And like I mentioned earlier, I, I struggled really with, with her whiteboard. And I just it just didn't seem real to me. Like this author would have a huge whiteboard for her ideas and her notes. And it was like the tiniest, tiniest thing. Did you, did you struggle with this whiteboard? Uh, the one thing that I did struggle with that pertained to the whiteboard uh, dry erase board was when she's like all in a tizzy and oh, upset. This scene, and she, this scene was great. I, will, she, I know what you're doing. Go ahead. Go ahead. She I love this runs scene. home so and good. she's just so upset. And she's like, oh, and she goes to start erasing the whiteboard. And this eraser is just, is not very <laughs> useful. It is barely erasing. So it's very like anticlimactic. It's very unsatisfying. And I don't know how she ended up actually getting her frustration out because <laughs> she did not get it out on this dry erase board. You say it's unsatisfying. I say that's the most <laughs> satisfying scene in this film. Like it was just so silly. Yeah. You think they would have tested it out before they shot the scene? Let's make this make sure this eraser works, uh, guys. <laughs> so the whoever was in charge of the eraser, you had one job. Well, one maybe job. not. You may one have job. had multiple jobs, but one job. This this job did not work out for you. Sidetrack into some technical. I, I will say the camera work I think was fine. I I didn't. We noticed the editing, sure, but we didn't. I didn't really notice any camera issues. They used the the close up once in this film, which I thought was was an interesting take, where they go close on him and they go close on her, and it's a very intimate moment. So they use that close up very purposefully. You don't see it used a lot in this film at all. I think there might be one or two more times, but it was a really nice touch because it really showed you the intimacy and the connection both of these characters were having. So I really I really do give props for that little move. That's really funny that you say that you liked that. Because if it's the same scene that I'm thinking about, I actually have in my notes that I did not like that mm-hmm. scene. Probably. Okay. They're on the date. Yep. And I think they may- Which date? Maybe towards the end. Okay. Like they've been on a few dates. I think it's when he takes her to this like romantic spot, mm-hmm. like so, sort of out back. I mean, Nathan seems very romantic and 
he's done like these really sweet dates and everything. Oh yeah, he's awesome. The dinner in the park, the, the I mean the the lunch park was great. Well, they they go and they have like a wine tasting, and mm -hmm. then he's like, oh, that was the whining, and now we're dining. So if that's the scene that you're talking about, I I liked this scene. Yep. I liked their conversation. I loved the, the sommelier in go. that scene. Like I would have given her a big tip. She was excellent. No, you, you need to give this. She was intense. <laughs> she was intense. She, I would, she was I, working for that tip. If I would have gone to a restaurant and had her, like that would have just been a wonderful experience. We would be like Instagram buddies. Like we'd be hanging out on the weekends. This sommelier was, was great. Yeah. So, and they have this whole conversation where Nathan's like talking about like he wants like this epic love and, you know, she's sort of like questioning that saying like epic, like, well, what about like the mundane life, having a mundane life of mm -hmm. like carpool and cooking and picking out carpet, she says. And he comes back with like, well, that's what makes it epic. Oh. And I really liked that line. I, yeah. I liked that conversation um, that... Sort of just those little things in life is what, you know, they all add up to make an epic love story of, of having that life, sharing those those little things with someone. They really do. And I mean, just, you know, thinking about sort of our relationship and, you know, I love cooking with you. I love going to the, the grocery store and buying groceries. It's these sort of mundane rituals that we all do that when you're able to share them with someone else become, you know, more than mundane. They become extraordinary. I, I totally agree. To me, that is, you know, I would say we have an epic, epic love. I would, I would hope so. But you didn't like the close-up they used. <laughs> so then, after this wonderful conversation, they it it just felt really cheesy to me. Like it's <laughs> these slow, like this slow zoom in, and then it's almost like their their eyes are turned down, and then they like slowly pan up to each other. It just sort of felt fashioned. Like I almost felt like I was watching like a uh, lady in Lady in the Tramp yeah, with like yeah. the the puppy dog eyes like coming up. For me, yeah, that might work in like a cartoon. For this, it didn't feel right. Okay. It just felt it felt a little cheesy to me. So to me, that took me out of the emotion. All right, that's, I mean, that, that's fair. I mean, I, I think I was just excited by the fact that they're using a close-up like this, a <laughs> um, little bit different. So maybe I just got caught up in the technical and lost some of that that romance vision. So I, I could see how that would be distracting for sure. Yeah, but still a great scene, mm. minus that. But uh, but once again, Nathan, you know, he's, you know, at this point had thrice chance to to tell her. Is the it truth. thrice or is it like five? Like I really want to go through oh. and watch this again to, and count how many times. It, it's it's very unusual. I do have to say, uh, one thing I did really enjoy about this movie, I really loved the costumes. I thought costuming was great. Mm -hmm. Especially and, for the sister. Yeah, the sister, but also Nathan. Nathan had like these really great looks. So I will say some of some of his clothes did look fallish. Yeah. He had some fall colors going on there. He had some really cool, like kind of looked like members only jackets. Oh, yeah. And then he has this, oh, this sweet like burgundy suit at the end. So yeah, a lot of the the clothes and in this movie I, I was a big fan of. Yeah, I was I was too. I mean he his look was great. Um, you know, he had the the unbuttoned shirt, you know, the deep V rocking. I, I thought it was awesome. And the sister, Kendall's sister, her outfits were phenomenal. Like I, I loved her sister. Her sister was probably one of my favorite characters. Like just seeing her in her home with all of the art that she made, this wonderful, beautiful art everywhere. We've had artists before in these movies, but she actually, to me, felt like the first time that this person was an artist. Like 
her place was decked out in her work. Like I love seeing that. She acted like an artist. She she had her work everywhere. It was just awesome to see. Yeah, I, I would agree. I really liked her and I loved, yeah, getting this sort of like aspect. So it was like a little side story with her sister Joy and she was played by Samantha Cole. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I really did like that little side story with her and her like new guy that she's been dating. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, yeah, I thought that was really cute. You know, Kendall's a bit of a, a buzzkill uh, for them, though. <laughs> is she? Is she? With her <laughs> with her science? <laughs> uh, which I don't think they, you know, were too keen on. But yeah, I would agree. And I also really enjoyed Nathan's co-worker, Larry, yeah. who was played by Matt Clark. You mean Lenny? And <laughs> Lionel. I thought he was a great character. He was quirky, funny. He also had great, like, jackets and suits that he wore. Yes, he did. Um, and I thought they had a really good uh, a chemistry between them. Um, no, I, I like the relationship. And one of the things we talk about in this podcast a lot of times is, you know, the relationship between the two best friends or the, the you know, the siblings. And Nathan's relationship with Larry was really fun to watch. Like they seem to be, you know, friends in real life almost. So I, I love it when, you know, they're able to really sort of, uh, you know, highlight the relationship and kind of bring it to the front with it, be, with it being believable. And another, uh, as well as costumes, I really liked the, like the locales that they, that they showcased in the movie, like the little coffee shops. They, yep. The park. Kindle and her editor go to this little like boutique to like clothes shop. I thought that looked kind of Yeah, have you seen that before? Like I was trying to think like. No, I mean, not, not too often, I wouldn't say. But yeah, and like the restaurants, like I just, I liked a lot of the the different locations that, that we got to see. I thought it, it seemed a little different, a little fresh. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think fresh is a great way to describe it. You know, I was kind of poking fun at the sort of wacky dates they were going on. But in, in another sense, it is nice to see something different besides the let's bake some cookies and, you know, let's build a snowman kind of thing. So I, I applaud that they were trying something different. Maybe if they had let some of these scenes breathe a little bit more, like the judo one, which seemed like it was cut so short. Like they were talking about it, they're doing it, they roll on the ground, and then it just cuts away. Like yeah. we, we get no resolution of that scene. And it just became almost like a way for them to be like, oh, let's have them sort of tussle on the ground. It's like, no, 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 let the scene breathe. And they just didn't do that. So yes, I do agree with you. The locales were really great. And also um, I will say that Kendall's editor did a phenomenal phenomenal job. I love their relationship too. Yes, Ella was her editor. And yeah, we should mention her. We've seen her in, she's in one of our favorite Hallmark movies, I Sculpture Christmas, mm -hmm. which it's I know we're one. taking that way back, but I remember her from That's that bad. that movie. And uh, so she was played by Aaliyah O'Brien. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I thought they did a great job together. But uh, but back to the, 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 the different locations, I just had to shout out her sister, Kendall's sister's place yeah. was oh, so cute. It was so trendy. That kitchen was just, I'm going to do a <laughs> chef's kiss for you. I loved her kitchen. It was small, but it was so cute. Yes. Shout out to the the set design uh, people because they did a great job. It felt like a modern home. It felt like a place that we could just walk into. It didn't feel like a set at all. So great job decorating that. Yes. So let's, <laughs> oh man, this ending. Let's, let's talk about the end. Let's talk about the conflict. 
Um, That's been bubbling up the whole like movie. 20 times. Oh my goodness. Just a, a cauldron of conflict. Cold, but it's not because it's one dish. It's one dish of conflict that's never resolved. So I'm just, uh, I'm thinking of the bubbling oh, of, a, of a cauldron. Ooh, okay. Mm, All right. Yeah. So obviously, you know, Kendall's going to find out. She finds out because she goes there and he leaves his papers out because that's what people do in these films. And so she finds out, you know, that he's Dr. Manhattan, love struck, evil, you know, and obviously he's trying to explain himself, which he doesn't really do a great job of it at all. And she storms off. Yeah. That, as one does. That, oh, this, this pains me. This was the, the worst part of the movie was this, this ending, which maybe if it had a better ending, I would have felt. I would have felt maybe better about it, about the whole, about it as a whole. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so she comes in to tell him, like she wants him to read her like final draft of her book and, you know, she's done. And so he, he invites her in and he's like, oh, well, you're here. So, okay, finally. Yeah, I guess I need to finally tell you the truth. But what is so ridiculous is that he has all of his Dr. Lovestruck stuff on the table. And he literally says, why don't you have a seat at this table that is all of this information that I've been keeping from you, I'm going to walk away and go fix you a cup of coffee so you can find it like this. Like, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, what? They've done stuff like this before, but this was... This was a, on a new level because it was just so blatant. Like, he literally says... Why don't you have a seat while he's looking at all of the, the papers and the computer on the table? Why would she not look down? I mean, you almost expect him to give a little wink. Like, why don't you have a seat? Wink. <laughs> um, My only thing was like, because he didn't want to have to tell her. So he was just like, why don't you just read that? And then we can fight about yeah, it. We'll just let it yeah. happen. So... Yeah. I will say, though, my favorite part about this scene is when she walks away and she gives him this look back. Oh, with the hair twirling. Yeah. Oh, my God. The hair flip. Yeah. She whips her head around as she's walking out aggressively mm -hmm. and just gives him this look. Like, I, I love it because she could have just walked out. Nope. But mm -mm. she had to give the look back, which just really sealed it in like. You messed up. Mm -hmm. And then she goes out and takes it out on her whiteboard, which, again, is my favorite scene in this film. So we have the look back to the whiteboard. I mean, that's all you need right there. <laughs> and then, you know, we have the big event for her book that's not even out yet, where she's going to talk about it, which, again, is kind of an unusual thing, a very unusual thing, I, I feel like, where you have the author come answer questions for an hour about a book that's not out. It's really kind of unusual. But obviously he comes there and he has his friend take away all the mics from people and he has a mic. And so he starts with this question. It's just, what, what did you think about that? Because to me, this was just kind of awkward and weird. No, I hated this ending. And this is why this is just an okay movie for me in, in, a, in a background. Because as much as I liked their chemistry and the banter, this ending was lame. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because Nathan has shown himself to be a very romantic guy. Mm -hmm. He has a column where he gives love advice. He talks about how his parents or, or you know, his dad is so romantic that he buys his mother flowers at the, the first of the month every, every month. And he's had these pretty like lavish dates with Kendall up until this point. And so he's 
he messed up, you know? And so he knows I need to do a big grand gesture. Mm -hmm. And his big grand gesture is to ask her a question <laughs> with a single rose in his hand. That's his, that's his big, his big gesture. Yeah. That's how you win her back. That's how you win her back. You just take the microphones from people and, and show her a rose. And yes, what he said, you know, all the things he said was sweet and things like that. But that to me was not a grand gesture. No, like, you, you've been lying to this woman for days, maybe months. I, I don't know how long this has been in, in the movie, but you, you need to do something. You need to do something big. This was not big. He even like the, the cut here. We talk about the cuts. He, he asked her that question and doesn't it cut away? He's like, let me show you. Like, wasn't there like a line like that? Like, let me show you what I mean or something. And then it just cuts to them later on in, in the program. Yeah. I mean, there was a weird cut. And especially after, so we get a kiss. And the kiss, again, it was another, it was like a barely there kiss. It mm. was there and then gone. And it was a weird angle too. Yes. And then after, then there is a weird cut to them just dancing. So we get like a kiss that's like barely there. And then they're like dancing silly, sillily. That's not a word. No, I like it. Sillily. Yeah. <laughs> that's a word now. In a silly way. Mm -hmm. And and that's it. That's yeah. that's the movie. So you know, I, I just expected more from Nathan, from, from his character, from what we've seen throughout the whole movie. I really thought he was going to go there and I thought, oh, this is going to be good. And and it and it wasn't like me. this is where he gets a band to come in and play a song and like he buys out the restaurant kind of deal. That's the kind of thing he needed to do. And you we, know, we don't find do find maybe something out about her childhood brings back to her. Or just he needed to do more. Yeah. And this was not to have your friend take away microphones so you can be the only one to ask a question like that. That was not it. Yeah, and and. To me also, his character doesn't, I feel like he's, his character doesn't feel bad about what he did, about not telling her for so long. Like he's almost upset with her for being upset with him for not, not telling her. And so it's like he doesn't learn anything and it's just, it's unsatisfying for me. Yeah, this, this, the ending was a big letdown for me. Uh, yeah. I really thought that ending could have just brought it home for me and really would have elevated the movie and I would have definitely given it like I would definitely watch this movie again. Okay. Um even though there were some issues in the other things, I feel like if I would have gotten a good finish, I would have enjoyed it. would have been there. I would have enjoyed it as a whole much better. So yes, that is it guys. Fall harvest is done. Mm -hmm. and and you know what that means. You know what that means. Cue Mariah Carey. <sighs> I'm not going to sing. Don't worry. But Countdown to Christmas mm -hmm. is here. Yep. Well, almost here. It's basically here. Days days away. And... Hours. Mere uh, hours. <laughs> we are a little overwhelmed, but mostly excited. I'm going to have to quit my day job. Uh, and we're just going to have to podcast hardcore because we've got movie after movie after movie coming out. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it is a whirlwind of Christmas about to come down. You'll be, you know, people are just going to be listening to podcasts nonstop this season because of all the different podcasts and we're going to be posting, you know, these reviews as soon as, you know, we can. So we'll have multiple episodes every week for you. And like we mentioned before, our season two will be starting for Countdown to Christmas. We do have a really fun interview yes, that's gonna do. kick off our season two which we we actually just did the interview today and it 
And I feel like we're still glowing from that interview. Right? I, I this mean, interview got me so hyped. I I just I was fangirling so hard. I don't. We don't want to build it up though. We're, we're not going to build it up. We're not going to build it up. <laughs> um, it's a big one, guys. That's what we're going to say right now. It's a big one. So we can't wait for you guys to hear that one, mm-hmm. and yeah, to see what fun things we have planned for the upcoming season of mm-hmm. our podcast. So stay tuned. Make sure you are following us and subscribed and all of those things wherever you listen to podcast mm-hmm. and and keep keep messaging us and you know keep up with the reviews because those reviews again help us out a ton and like we always say we love hearing from y'all because um, you're starting to you know I, I was you know I was speaking with someone um, the other day and they were starting to see some of the technical things that they never really looked out for and it just it got me so excited so please send us send us your messages yes we love hearing from you guys and we we can't wait for for what's to come so yep. season two we'll see you next week for countdown to christmas countdown to christmas see you guys thanks guys <laughs>